This episode of Bullshit Breakaway is brought to you by you. Yep, just you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us through all these times. Today we have our good friend Fitz on. He's been on a bunch of times uh, in the past. Kind of just talk about a bunch of plethora of things. The MJ documentary, some of the Ranger stuff, Game of Thrones, baseball, who knows? And of course, Greg and I talk Rangers hockey beforehand. So, uh, without any further ado, here is Mark Messier and the show. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the Wicked Bush Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of The Athletic, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, also of The Athletic. Gregory, say hello. Ryan, mm. what is the movie? Not your favorite movie, but what movie do you find the most rewatchable? Like, if, if it's on every day, you're not sick of it at tough, any point. Tough question, because, like, my, my gut answers are, like, Goodfellas and Glorious Bastards, and they're also my favorite movies, but I think they're too long to be rewatchable, so I will give you my answer. On Friday, I watched maybe my most rewatchable movie, which is Groundhog's Day. I love Groundhog's Day. It is a... I feel like this is the third week in a row you've brought up Groundhog's Day. I watched it for the... This brings my point. This is the second week in a row you're about to bring up your movie. Did I, have I brought up... Oh, because we talked about Edgar Wright last week. We did, yes. Which Because you're going to talk about Scott Pilgrim, correct? Yeah, I watched it. To, I watched... So I finished Too Hot to Handle during mm. work. And then... <laughs> this is how long I work. I finished literally the entire series of season of Too Hot to Handle. Uh, just garbage television. I eat that shit up. Then I watched both episodes of The Last Dance from last night. And then I still had time to watch Scott Pilgrim. All at work today. Wow. Great job, everybody. That's America at work. I think I, I think I like Groundhog's Day even more now because it's like you live the same day over and over again. And that's sort of how I feel. It just it's, translates it's into what I'm feeling. So it's... yeah. I also think the song Brie Larson, like it's an original song that she sings in the movie. It might be one of my top three favorite original in-movie songs. I can't name another original in-movie song off the top of my head. So, like that uh, thing you do, just mm. about any, any, literally any Pixar movie has an in-movie song. Okay, I guess I don't count those because I feel like they're pre-scripted to be like... <laughs> what do you mean you don't count them? I, I, like, like, it's Pixar original movies, song. Like, they, a, they're meant, movie. like, Frozen, like, they're meant to be, like, sort of musical soundtracks. Like, that's what they are. But Scott Pilgrim, right, that, that, the, the that point is, of that wasn't... That is the definition of an original song for Fine. a movie, though. Fine. I'm sure someone will agree <laughs> with me. I'll take that person's side. How? How? I, you know what? I'm looking forward to it. I need something else to be angry about. Got, that would be perfect. I've lost my will to fight. Uh, this isn't even a fight. You're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, let it go. I think it's, it's not a song that hit the radio before it hit. Like, the song Let It Go didn't come out. And they're like, you know what? We should make a movie built around this song. That's not how Frozen was made. Are you sure? I'm positive okay. <laughs> Let It Go wasn't on the radio. No, I was, I was saying, don't you think they made Let It Go? And then they were like, we should probably make a movie to go around this? I think they had the idea for the movie first, huh. and then they got to work on the song. Very interesting. All right, well, uh, that was talking movies with Ryan Gregg. I guess now we'll talk our, the, what what is the minute bit of Ranger news from the week. Uh, actually, it's pretty it's – we've had less – with new, weeks with less news than from before. So I guess we'll start with Zuccarello, right? Um, Zuccarello did an interview over in uh, his home home nation where he said uh, he was upset. Just forget where he's from. You is forgot where Norway. he's from. Norway. I got it. 
There you go. I got yeah, it. I just wanted to make sure. I got you. Got me. I, I knew you were going to press me. I was like, shit. <laughs> In Norway. And I uh, pretty much said that he's sour grapes with the New York Rangers. And they don't like the way he's treating Henrik. Um, I didn't think this was that crazy of a deal. I did think it was strange that he was like, I chose a team that only goes back to MSG once a year because I never really want to be associated with them again. Uh, I didn't realize it was going to be that bad or what they did to Zuccarello was that bad. Hockey, um, and he's been around it for a while, is definitely a business that I, I think everyone understands. Uh, and, of course, you get attached to, the, to your fellow teammates. And as fans, you get attached to certain players, and that's no doubt about it. And Zuccarello being a fan favorite for so long is wonderful. But to be like, okay, yeah, uh, they treated me wrong and they pushed me out. Like, I don't really think they did Zuccarello dirty at all. And I don't really think they're they're doing Hank, like, minorly dirty, but I would say very minorly still. It depends on your definition of dirty. Right? Like, they didn't do anything nefarious with Matt Zuccarello. But they put him in a situation where he needed to accept less money to stay the first time. They basically made the decision to trade him before having the conversation with Zuccarello that they were going to trade him. Uh, And he's a guy that takes things personally. We've seen it. This isn't the first example of us understanding how personal Zuc takes things. I mean, how many podcasts did we talk about where Zook openly said he was upset with his name being in rumors and it impacted his play on the ice? He was so angry the fact of the idea or so hurt by the idea of not playing for the New York Rangers that he was a worse hockey player because of it. That's a thing we talked about for a very long time. I I found it unsettling how many Ranger fans were quick to basically run away from Mets Zuccarello. Like, sure, hockey's a business. We all get that. But it's it's one of those situations where we always ask for these guys to be more personable, to be more open, to have personalities. And then all of a sudden they have personalities that don't necessarily agree with the laundry that we root for. And then we hate the people. And it's just stupid and wrong. It I'm Team Zook, man. Be fucking pissed. You it would be weird if he wasn't pissed. It would be really weird. That's psychotic behavior. Well, if you love an organization, only want to play for that organization, literally took less money to stay with that organization, and now that organization says they want nothing to do with you, if that doesn't piss you off, it's psycho behavior. You're a serial killer. Well, not only that, it's Hank is his boy. Like they're like when he came back to New York, he stayed with Hank. He's that they're like they're guys together. They're bros. They're 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 ride or dies. And he thinks they're doing him wrong. They've definitely talked about it. Like they've definitely had text conversations or phone calls, being like, "Yeah, it's really hard for me right now. This fucking sucks. I'm, I I want to play, but this kid is really good. And I think they they shouldn't be playing Georgiev over me, especially. But they still are. So they're I feel like they're fucking me over. I'm sure that conversation or something of that ilk has happened. So what I'm, is? I, I bet you I don't think it. Hank's not the kind of guy that would be like, yeah, the Rangers are fucking me over. Fair. I think Hank would say like, bro, it's frustrating, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Like that, that sounds more like a Hank conversation. That does sound more like Hank, and I don't want to put words in Hank's mouth. I do want to put other things there, but my words is not one. Now, interesting. What? Hmm? Uh, I said and, interesting. Okay, yeah. Uh, but I just, it would be so strange to me if Zuccarello didn't come out and say, like, and just be like, they should have been playing Hank more, especially when Igor is hurt, because he wants to play, and he's a Hall of Famer, and, you know, I have the issues, I'm sure, and he's just defending his guy. Like, if he, if he wasn't doing that, I, it would be fucking strange. It would be really weird. 
Yeah, I just I don't understand the fans that are saying, oh, it's a business you should understand. Well, then it's a business and understand why Tony D'Angelo wants to get paid this summer or it's it's a business. And that's why Henrik Lundqvist wanted to stay with the New York Rangers, because it's his fucking like it's always a business when it's not your business. Ryan, if you were working, not the greatest example, because I know you have <laughs> my job. <laughs> you don't like your boss. No, nope. but imagine a scenario where you you are living your dream job, right? You are working your dream job. Yep. You're. You're able to pay every bill. You're doing everything you love. Every day you go to work, it doesn't feel like work. And then all of a sudden, work decides you no longer fit. You haven't done anything wrong. They just are going a different direction. You're not part of it anymore. You're not going to be bitter. Or you're going to reflect and be like, man, that was great. I'm, it, I, I am, it's over. What are you going to do? Oh, shucks. No, I would That's be, be so passive-aggressive, dude. I'd be so yeah, passive-aggressive. You're going to be pissed. Yeah. You know why you're going to be pissed? Because it's not your choice. And you realize that all of a sudden your dream could be taken away from you with you having zero input into it. It is nice when another company though gives me five years and $80 million. You know what I mean? But Zook didn't get $80 million. I know. It was like at 36 Yeah. And I, I think Zook's comment about – I think he went to Minnesota because Minnesota offered him five years, but I think he was always going to sign with a Western Conference team. I think that not wanting to go back to MSG thing is real. I don't know. How often do you want to hang out with your exes, Ryan? Probably not that often. Yeah, I'm going to say zero. Yeah, particularly one of them never won again. Ever again. Yeah, if if, if you feel slighted by something, there are two ways you can go about it, right? You can be like, you know, I, I still want to do this thing that I love, but I don't want to be involved with that person anymore. And that's what Matt Zuccarello did. Or you could be a psychopath like me where it's like, not only do I fucking hate you now, I want to make you suffer. So I like if, if I was employed by the Rangers and they let me go, first team I would call for services would be the Islanders. I'd be like, hey, man, you want to fuck these guys up? I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, but I'm surprised Matt's, Zuccarello Matt's, didn't, if, they, if he had an offer from the Islanders, he didn't go there. That would have been. I'm, I'm not surprised. He lives a healthier lifestyle than someone like me does. <laughs> what Matt Zuccarello did is 27 times healthier than what I would do. Right. Like what I would do is vindictive and sad. What Matt Zuccarello did was responsible, and he, t- he got his bag. Also, Matt Zuccarello, perfect example of why you always get the bag. Always get the bag. Matt's, the only thing Matt is guilty of in this entire exchange is falling in love with the New York Rangers and hoping that his entire career would be spent with the New York Rangers. That's the only thing he's guilty of. Because if he gave, if, if Matt Zuccarello wanted this to be a business, he wouldn't have been a Ranger for as long as he was. Did you? So I... I I, saw... I hate the. I hated. I viscerally hate the fans that are now shitting on Zook. It makes no sense. I have no ill. That guy Ill will didn't that owe the organization anything, and he still wanted to come back. Yep. I have no ill will towards him at all. At all, as they would say. I I saw a poll that was uh for for certain fans. They were talking about players they would buy out with the uh, proposed possible amnesty buyout, and uh, I believe the Wild fans had an eighty percent choice of Matt Zuccarello. Which, you know, it's just part of his career. He had a downturn as a smaller player. He's just not going to be... He was banged up all year, so maybe that he can still have two or three more good years in the NHL. But uh, I think if they get the chance, do you think he'll be a, like, bought out? Because I, I certainly do. Well, yes, but it's not because Matt Zuccarello was a bad player. It's, again, the Minnesota Wilds timeline. That was a bad contract the second they signed it. It had nothing to do with Matt Zuccarello. And the reptile tongue, yeah. Just terrible. Yeah, nothing, nothing to do with Zook. It's the same reason. A Ranger fans need to come to terms with the fact that if there's an amnesty buyout, right? Yeah. Amnesty, which means the cap penalties don't get carried over. It's just the contract that goes away. 
There is no other player the Rangers can use that on than Henrik Lundqvist. Doesn't exist. It makes too much sense. With all the things the Rangers have to do in the offseason, whenever it starts, and with the amount of money they have at their disposal, there is no player that makes more money and has less of a role than Henrik Lundqvist does. Because even, even the best-case scenario with Henrik Lundqvist is he's Igor's backup. That's the best-case scenario. In all likelihood, in the Rangers' eyes, he's the goalie with the third most trade value. So you, you, there's no purpose to paying $8.5 million for one more year for a backup goalie if and only if you can get that amnesty buyout. You don't buy Hank out regularly because it doesn't get you any help. It just doesn't. Yeah, and there's only I'm, one year left. I'm assuming that there will be some sort of buyout clause uh, because of the cap not going up, and I'm sure they'll negotiate something. But we're still in the area, and I can't believe we're going to have to say this again, where we know nothing. Nothing is known. But uh, I know that we talked about briefly, just extremely briefly before the podcast started, about the possibility of an exceptional player. Uh, what, what would it be called? I guess just an exceptional player I think player it would, that's deal? what it would be called. Something? Basically called like like – I don't know if it would be termed exceptional player, but every team would get one player on its books that doesn't count against the cap. Boy, that is really good for teams that own Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Artemi Panarin, and a few other players. Because uh, I, I do think, didn't Connor McDavid, wait, hold on, didn't Connor McDavid take less money so that theoretically. He didn't take the max, but he's still making a lot of money. He's still making real cash. Don't get me wrong. But the teams, the teams, it would immediately help. It would immediately help the Rangers, and we would assume. I would assume, Ryan, that at least fifty percent of the player's salary would be taxed in some way, shape, or form. Right. Something. So it's not like you can just sign a contract and have no financial repercussions of doing so. Especially in a league where you have to give up four first-round draft picks if you give a restricted free agent a certain amount of money. I'm positive that if this were ever to pass, James Dolan would have to pony up more money. That's not a problem for James Dolan. He literally loves doing it. It might be his favorite thing in the world outside of his kazoo. But say the, dude the, loves the teams this up. helps, the teams this helps are the team that love to spend. And the New York Rangers are one of them. They're in a cap situation. The Toronto Maple Leafs are a team that would absolutely love this. Imagine they could just put John Tavares on an exceptional player status or Austin Matthews on exceptional player status, and that money just disappears from their books so they can sign whoever they want. It's, I mean, think about it. Like, the avalanche could extend Miko Ratnan, put him at the exceptional player, and then extend Nathan McKinnon for what, whatever the hell Nathan McKinnon wants. They just opened up $10 million of cap space. So, like, it, it helps the big market teams and the small market teams equally because here's, here's the funny thing about small market teams, Ryan. You ready to have your mind blown? I'm ready. Yeah, they don't exist. You know why Whoa. they don't exist? Because everyone who owns a sports team is a fucking billionaire. Sure. Everyone who owns a sports team or the conglomerate that owns a sports team, they're rich. They got a lot of money. You know why I know they have a lot of money? Because they own a sports team. A flawed business in itself. The owners of the Boston Red Sox own like 12 sports teams. Yes, they do. So everyone that owns – people who say, well, this is going to hurt small market teams. There's no such thing. There really isn't. Is Winnipeg as big as New York? No. Is it a small market team? No, because the owner makes a billion dollars a year, just like James Dolan. They all got money to spend. They wouldn't be – no one gets into the sports ownership business to make more money. They're in it because they have so much money that they can literally set it on fire. 
Are there? So, like, I don't. I'm sure there's a few exceptions. Melnick, being one, possibly. Um, Melnick could spend if he wanted to. He's just a cheap fuck. I guess so. Right? Yeah. The Wilpons could spend if they wanted well, to. Well, the Wilpons are short. Well, the Wilpons might actually be broke. Like that, they might be the one exception. But cheap owners are just that. They're just cheap. They're not poor. They're just cheap. That's it. Because if an owner all of a sudden didn't have enough money to own a sports team, they could sell it for billions. It's the, the, I, I get so annoyed when fans mm. say shit I like, I take that well, back. Uh, Eugene Melnick's estimated net worth, according to a quick Google, $1.2 billion. That's a lot of money, Ryan, especially that's, in Canada. That's fucking cash, my man. Yeah, so no such thing as poor sports owners. They don't exist. So I don't want to hear how this will help a big market team more than it would a small market team. Because the only thing small about small market teams are the cities they play in. Those bank accounts are just as big as everybody else. The Pagulas in Buffalo have plenty of money that they could spend if they want to. There's literally an article that says the 23 richest billionaire NHL franchise owners. Okay. Yeah, 23 of them. Yeah. All or, right. Yeah. It's I, – I get that – don't come at me with that shit because it's nonsense. They all have money. They can all spend it. Just because James Dolan actually spends money doesn't mean everybody else can't. Well, you could also see it, this in the NBA. Like, Oklahoma City – like, that is not a big market, but yet they fucking play like one, like, all the goddamn time. And they have for years. And they market, they're, they, like, you see them all around the country all the time. How, like, oh, I hear about the Oklahoma City Thunder all the fucking time when NBAs are on. Like, between Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. Like, you can promote that small culture and still be a national product. Right. And the reason why the Oklahoma City Thunder traded James Harden isn't because they didn't have the money to pay the luxury tax. They just didn't want to. This wasn't about them not having the money to do it. It's about them trying to convince their fan base that they don't have the money to do it. They had the money to do it. If they didn't have the money to do it, they wouldn't own the team. So it's just, it's, there's no such thing as a small market owner. It's ridiculous. The Tampa Bay Rays, if they wanted to spend money, buddy, they could. Oh my God. Don't get me started. Don't get me started there. When, When they go to Montreal, they might actually spend money. Who knows? Maybe. Probably not. Maybe. It's just, it's. It's it's nonsense whenever anyone comes at me with this small market bullshit. I have like we, weird feelings about that because not to go for a, on a race tangent out a lot of the Mets here, but I like that they get the most out of what they end up spending, which is like still one of the lowest in the MLB. And I think that's what part of the reason that draws me to them because they still win 90 games by spending almost literally nothing and paying their players almost literally nothing. But the more I think about it, I'm like, that's kind of fucked up. Like these guys should get paid. Like <laughs> they're very valuable towards what they do for their organization. And then they always leave and go get paid elsewhere. And the Rays just bring in something else new and young and fun. And it's, it's yeah, well, you still shouldn't have traded Tommy fan, bro. Yeah, probably not. That's a, a real legit guy, but I don't know. We got like th- three guys that can walk back, I guess. Um, want to do some quick five stars and then we'll head over to our friend Fitzy. Let's do it. All right. Uh, I don't actually know a lot of these people and you're going to yell at me. So here we go. Of course. Uh, Dave, Dave, one, 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 two, eight, seven. I don't know if that's his social security started it or whatever. Uh, here's your five-star question. If you had to pick one, would you pick Kelly, Zach's girlfriend by Save from the, Be- Save by the Bell, Topanga from Boy Meets World, or Wendy Peppercorn? I don't have a name for this movie. Keep up the great work. Uh, it's not a movie. That's when, oh, Wendy Peppercorn. Yeah. I believe that's the Sandlot. Peppercorn. I, yeah, I, I actually, that is a movie that I've, I've never really watched Save by Bell or Boy Meets World. Don't kill me. It, well, it's, first of all, it's Topanga. Okay. Good. 
And that's last I don't know what the, I don't know what the, I don't know what the full question is, but the answer is Topanga. Just just pick one. Who would you yeah, pick? Yeah, Topanga. Okay, Topanga, Topanga it is. Uh, I a question for Mister Original MC One. Hey guys, Mike from New Haven again. When Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier reunited in 1996, it took a while for the team to gel, but once they did, the individual team results blossomed. As the Rangers reached the East Coast Finals of the five seed, but before bowing out between for the Lindros Flyers. That said, if the New York Rangers haven't stupidly let Mark Messier walk to Vancouver in the summer of 1987, what could Wayne and Mark have accomplished together if they stayed teammates in New York? After all, after that season, Wayne had 97 points and Mark had 84. I don't know. I don't know enough about the NHL at that time to know. I know the Red Wings and the Avalanche are really good. I know Dominic Hasha dominated. I... That's a what if I can't answer. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's it feels like they probably still wouldn't have gone all the way. The team just didn't have the talent that it, it formerly did in the early '90s. But I'm not as educated and on it. That the Rangers the Rangers were one player away when they had both Messier and Gretzky, so they then became two players away when Messier left. I think it's that simple. That that's my short answer. Brian Doyle uh, says says this question says where have you had the best soft serve ice cream? The here's Mi- the thing, Mr. Softy is legit. Just saying. Well, here's 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 the thing. All soft serve ice cream is the same. <laughs> it's probably true. Like um, I, I the, the the stuff you actually have to make the 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 scoops that shit varies. Like you can get bad chocolate ice cream from somewhere and stuff like that. But soft serve, man, that all comes from the same cow. It's just it's also just so good, and it's so funny to think about Mr. Softy and how excited I am to see it. But out of context. Saying that you're excited to see Mr. Softy is pretty, like, it's kind of funny. All right. It's what I tell all my friends when I have to podcast with you, right? Aww. All right. Zach Bloomquist asks, can you talk about the potential free agent targets in a draft preview and how our prospects in the CHL and AHL are doing? Who will get promoted, et cetera? Kraftstoff, an NHL-related question. Why is Keandre Miller not in the game? Oh, I, I guess NHL. Uh, is Keandre Miller not in the NHL 20? I actually don't know. Um, well, he, has, he hasn't played a game, an official game, with... The Wolf Pack. Yes, <laughs> the Wolf Pack. Well, yeah. no, because I had to stop myself. So yeah. the fact that it, it's like Niels Lundqvist is in the game despite not having signed a professional contract with the Rangers. Hmm. Well, that's because he's an international prospect. But they, so Ka- Kapo Kaka wasn't, wasn't in the game till like three weeks into after NHL 20 was released. So No, he wasn't on the Rangers roster until uh, after. I see. Miller's in the game. You gotta, with, with Miller, you have to remember that if you're in the NCAA, you can't make money off your likeness, which means you're not technically part of the NHL Players Association who gives the rights to these individual players to be in the game. Got it. So first and foremost, Keandre couldn't have been in the game until he signed the contract. And then he decided to sign a contract when the NHL stopped being a thing. So... We don't technically know when Keandre Miller's AHL contract begins. I'm sure there's probably a rule that says if you're signing from the NCAA, you can't be in the game until your contract officially begins. Since there's the league is itself suspended, there you go. No Keandre Miller. Uh, free agent targets, yeah, the Rangers aren't going to sign. Zero one. X. And if you want to know about all the CHL and AHL prospects, we did a, pro- a podcast with Drew Way a couple weeks back on this feed and he goes over pretty much every prospect with us and in yeah depth. and the rangers aren't the rangers weren't signing a, a free agent before we didn't have cap certainty uh they're definitely not signing one now they're going to try to sign their own guys first 
They're going to make some trades, but we don't even know how the Raiders are going to make a trade right now because we don't know the cap certainty. Players that we didn't think were going to be available pre-shutdown are going to be available post-shutdown because the cap's changed. We don't know who those players are yet because we don't know how much the cap has changed. So it's a fool's errand for us to sit here and say the Rangers could be targeting X, Y, and Z when we don't even know how the Rangers could target anything because we don't know how much money the Rangers are going to have. Final, don't. final question and a question that's going to be very easy for Greg and I. Hey, this is from Rangers Forever. Uh, hey, guys, as always, thanks for giving us something to keep ourselves occupied during these weird times. I personally have been occupying a lot of time in my downtime playing Out of the Park 21, which is a fantastic game. However, I was kind of disappointed that the hockey version, Franchise Hockey Manager 6, made by the same company. I guess I should have realized text-based gameplay engine for hockey would not be work as well as baseball. Do you guys have any experience with these games, which are seemingly becoming very popular lately? And what do you think? Greg and I have played countless, many, hundreds of hours of Out of the Park Baseball each, and I have downloaded Hockey Manager once, and I played it for a good two hours and realized it was total garbage and they didn't care about it at all. They only care about Out of the Park Baseball, which they do an amazing job with. I hear, I hear there's soccer one is also quite the, But soccer, good. soccer manager, football manager, sorry, um, is one of the most popular games and has been for a very, very long time and has, like, in-game animations. Uh, but the thing is, it's not made by the same company. Like, the, the football manager one is legit. Everyone fucking loves it. It's great. I don't really understand soccer, so I don't. But it's a different different company. That's all yes, you need to it's say. it's a different company. Uh, it's, it's also just important to remember, a game like Out of the Park Baseball works so well because – while in real time a baseball game is fluid, a baseball game is also a bunch of individual moments spread out in one long game, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you it you can go at bat by at bat with a baseball game, which you simply can't – like, you can't do rolling line changes or changes to a team's individual line as cleanly – as you could do pitching changes in baseball. Yeah, the text so the texts are the, strange. The mechanism, like... yeah, the, the mechanism doesn't work as well, just because hockey's a much more fluid game. Like it happens in the moment, but with baseball, it's a whole bunch of little moments that happen in one fluid game. Exactly, and you could do pitch by pitch. If you, if you do pass by pass in hockey, it's just not as as like entertaining. Hard to text based. That is text based. Well, there's also hockey has a lot more free will than baseball does. Like, in baseball, you can tell a guy not to swing on any given pitch. In hockey, you're not going to tell a guy in the middle of the play who to pass it to. It's up to the player. So, like, the free will aspect of it doesn't work as much in a simulation aspect than it does in baseball. Like, baseball, when you really think about it, baseball has zero free will outside of a pitcher shaking off a catcher. But in some organizations, they don't even let pitchers shake off their catcher. Hmm. It's a very totalitarian sport. Fun time. Get down to- I miss it very much. Let's uh, go ahead and transition to our friend Fitz, and we will take a quick break right here. Transition. Hey, have you guys heard about the Black Tux? The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or a tuxedo for their big day. Do you know the black tux was actually started by two guys who once had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could ever imagine? It turns out they weren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from a competitor tux shop that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is terrible unless you like dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy, so we were afraid of his bad vibes might have followed us our wedding day, so we left. Um, if you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off code with code BLUESHIRTS. 
Or actually, it's Rangers. I do this every single time. Code Rangers. That's theblacktux.com with code Rangers for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux formal wear for the movement. I did have a Black Tux one from one of my best friend's wedding where I was the best man. And I have to tell you, I was extremely satisfied. Use the code Rangers. Back to the show. Hey, we're back. Nothing to talk about. Brought our friend Fitz on, who uh, last time we spoke, I was, we were raising money for the good people in New York and New York City food banks. And uh, Fitz was so happy enough. So happy enough. So, uh, so grateful enough to stop by. And I really appreciate that. Fitz, how are you, my man? I'm doing great, man. Uh, thanks for having me on, as always. It's a pleasure. And I uh, just want to say that great job again with that fundraising stuff, man. That was that was awesome. Really I was good stuff by you. Early on the train, and so many people have done so many great things since. And uh, hopefully everyone out there is, you know, doing their best uh, during these weird fucking times. But I want to I wanna start off with a, a very Fitz topic. We are, and you'll, you'll be back on for one of these episodes, if, if, if you will come on, that is. We'll be reviewing some of the uh, earlier 94 seasons uh and by that i mean the playoffs oh, versus God, the devils yeah. and vancouver and i found some on youtube and luckily a lot of our uh one of our listeners sent us a dvd of the whole series you it is hard to watch it some of it is <laughs> some of it is tough and you've been a long proponent of uh the old players couldn't fucking hang and uh and i have to agree with you with some of the players i don't i, I mean, i'm sure if they, if they played with today's today's day and age and the training they had but if you just time warp them in dude I, oh boy, I think I think some people would seriously struggle. Oh yeah, like I I think the way a lot of times people people warp it to be like I think like even the greats can't play in like today's day and age, and like that's a little bit that's obviously over exaggeration. Like that's more just getting your jokes off and trying trying mm-hmm. to you know slander the entire era. But like, dude, some of the guys who played on the nineties, like like they were plugs, like they were just absolute plugs. Like they they. That that Pavel Bure highlight video that circulated around Twitter a couple weeks ago, the the moving screens that were on like on that video of some of the goals he scored, they were setting picks, legitimate like Draymond Green, Andrew Bogut, hip check picks at the blue line to like free up space for people. Like these, it, it's baffling to watch. And like one, the two line pass is like another thing. When, when watching any any hockey game from like before 05 the fact that the fact that the two-line pass is a rule is still like one of the craziest things in the world to me and it's even crazier because they were still scoring like 10 goals a game between the two teams because the goalies had pads that were like loaves of bread so i mean i, I can't i can't wait for the, the 90s rewatch so we could just absolutely hammer on some of these uh some of these all-time greats and just get get the ranger fans all pissed off it's been a while it's been too long Fitz, so what you're saying is you don't think Craig McTavish would be able to hang in this NHL? Listen, Craig McTavish would be lucky to be James, like Brock McGinn right now. Like that, that's what he he would be an AHL player. Craig McTavish is he the one who didn't wear the helmet? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. People are gonna get mad. At me. I, I, full disclosure: I wasn't born when the Rangers won the Cup in '94. I was born <laughs> six months six months later, so like I, I didn't see any of this. So I feel comfortable not knowing who. I obviously know like Messier, Leach, and all those guys, but yeah, like I, I don't think I, the one guy, honestly, and, and like talking to like my dad and my uncle and a lot of people who like watch hockey growing up, uh, Leach is the one guy it seems like who would legitimately translate to any era. And if he like played now, he would be an, an absolute monster. I think Messier would be fine. Yeah, I have Messier, to... yeah, Messier would probably be magnificent. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, too. I feel like he'd be still around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> doing his thing. I'm not sure he'd have the points that he once had. Uh, comparatively, uh, if you watch some of the Gretzky highlight videos, the people he's going past, 
It's like okay. This <laughs> is like the defense. No, it's, it's crazy. It's it's you know what stuff. There's some players from the older era that I wish actually played now, just for the health reasons. Like we would have been so much better about protecting players from head injuries that Eric Lindros might have actually had like an 800 point career, and he would have been an absolute t- two way terror of a center. Like he's basically he's Eric Lindros is Evgeny is Evgeny Malkin with head injuries. It's, w- yeah. it's what he is. That's, that's but we got we got shame. robbed of that because we had you know the Donald Brashears of the world being able to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. Yeah, Lindros is definitely one like when you look back on past players, one that I feel genuinely genuinely that we got robbed of like seeing what he could have become. It's it's just a it's a whole different game. I mean, even watching the MJ documentary, which has been fantastic and I'm sure we'll hit on later in this show, it just shows you how different the game was like just not that long ago. Like the bad boy piss and stuff, it's like, oh, they're mauling those people. Like they're literally oh beating God. the shit out of them. And I it, love that stuff. The bad boy piss and stuff was was fantastic. It's great. I mean, we can just get into it now. Fuck it. Um, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's yeah. get it. This is this is what what's on everyone's everyone's mind. This is right what we're now. into. Let's, the, the the Isaiah Thomas comes off so slimy in that goddamn oh, interview. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, listen, it, everyone was doing it. The Celtics did it to us. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's you know what's weird so far? It's, we're four episodes in, and everything I kept hearing before the documentary was, hey, you're not going to like Michael Jordan when he says some of this stuff. Like, he's going to be a dick, and you're not really going to enjoy him. I, I, I couldn't like Michael Jordan more than I do now, and everything he says, I'm like, yeah, fuck, Michael's right. He's like, he's really doing everything with integrity in the right way. And I don't know when that time is going to come where I think he's, like, sort of an asshole, other than the Jerry Krause stuff. Well, so, like, the way I, the way I like, um, like interpret that him saying like people are going to think I'm a huge asshole is like the the video of him talking to, on the plane. You know what I'm talking about? Where he's like, this guy doesn't stay only sleep with one woman or something like right, that. Right. Right. Like, I think he's talking about more of like when he was younger and like when he was playing that he was just like an absolute asshole. Like I bet you now he's like you said, he, he looks, he comes off great and all the stuff like that he says and I, hearing him raw and unfiltered is awesome. So that's, that's great to hear. But like, I, I I I am so excited to like watch this stuff. Like last last night's two episodes were phenomenal. Like the Robin stuff was fantastic. The Phil Jackson stuff was unbelievable too. I, I felt like I was on an acid trip watching that. And <laughs> Native like, American rituals. Yeah. Oh my God, the guy is is a lunatic. And I, but I mean, hey, he got through to people somehow. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Albany Patroons, by the way. That's my squad. Um, <laughs> what? Can you imagine? Think, just think of what would happen if a player decides, look, man, I just need a two-day vacation that becomes a week vacation. And, oh, by the way, I'm going to be in Vegas the entire time just plowing prime Carmen Electra. <laughs> like, like ask, who, who the fuck? I'm trying to think of what ranger, what they would, what each ranger would do on a two-day vacation and what they would be doing to accidentally get that vacation prolonged. Like, Capocaco would be feeding countries single-handedly. Artemi Panarin would be in the middle of the biggest birdhouse ever created. Mika Zibanejad's the, the, like, he's the one that could go on a bender, and we wouldn't know about it, I think. He just needs a break. I think it would be like Brendan Smith, if I had to guess. <laughs> just, like, someone lower on the totem pole. Just go off on, like, a... a a two-week bender or something. I don't know. That that stuff was 
I just like can't wrap my head around that. Like, Fitz, Fitz, imagine Draymond just saying, "Bro, I need I need a break in the middle of the seventy three win season." He sort of did that it's, year three. He like didn't he did kind of. He did kind of do that. He got really out of shape, came back, and Kerr like one day went to go confront him, and Draymond was like, "No, no, I know, I'm fat. I'm gonna be better." For yeah, now. yeah. Last year, literally, like he was like, "Yeah, oh, I know, I'm, I have a plan." And he dropped like twenty five pounds in like three and a half weeks. It was like out. It was out. It was almost seemed unhealthy it was the last the year katie that katie was there yeah yeah and like he looked great but like it's just it's just crazy like these guys are absolute characters like all of them like pippin and jor like the the when when he comes back when rodman comes back from the vegas bender and they're at practice of phil jackson's like you gotta get the body moving today dennis like you gotta get gotta get moving i was dying <laughs> and then fucking uh, dennis robin runs four laps while they're all chasing yeah. him it's like, oh, okay, sure. Just drinking the kamikaze while doing lat pull downs, like, oh my god, it's it's unreal. I, the, um, I said it last night, and, and apparently this is Clay Thompson's uncle was the one whose idea it was to film the season, the '98 season. Are you serious? And yeah, yeah, I, I was reading a story about it last night that like his uncle is like Andy Thompson, I think is his name. He was the one who like suggested back in the day that they they have like a film crew just follow them around and then they stick it in the vault until like they need to bring it out for something. Wow, I mean, it's really working out. It's it's this this documentary couldn't mean more to me than it does right now. Like there was there was no other scenario other than a pandemic where I was going to be as interested as I I was going to watch it no matter what happened. But this is like my Lord and Savior. Um, you know, we shut down the church, so for right now, <laughs> for for right now, this documentary is what I look forward to on Sundays. It's like the thing that is keeping me going. Yeah, it's like it's like the conversation show, you know. Like it's like what Game of Thrones was. It's like you know what Breaking Bad was. Yeah, Game of Thrones it, is terrible. I just well, yeah, the, the way it ended. I mean, I could I couldn't that. care less, bro. I just it's, I couldn't. I've never gone from caring about something so much to caring about something so little so quickly. I'm very intrigued to see what the conversation on Twitter is tomorrow because tomorrow's the one year anniversary, I think, of the Long Night the episode and mm. I'm, I'm like this whole weekend has been like the whole rehashing of the one year anniversary of endgame and not all like everyone because they were the same weekend yeah, yeah. People were, it's crazy to think about how long it seems like fucking five years ago but um yeah i'm like very game of thrones man it's the way they ended was tough I, but like the I jordan documentary getting back to it, man oh go ahead greg my bad no i just i actually i absolutely forgot that those things came out the same weekend and right. i remember all of us nerds being so excited that we were getting these two dope things coming out at the same time. And uh, Endgame comes out. It's one of the – it's honestly – I felt like I was at a sporting event it's watching that movie. I've never yeah, experienced a movie-going crowd that was that raucous from start to finish. Uh, and then I, seeing that first be like, man, there's no way that this weekend could get any better than this. And there's no way this weekend would be bad. And then Sunday night comes along. And it's like, man, how stupid was I two days ago <laughs> saying nothing could ruin this weekend? And then I watched a show for an hour and a half that literally was shot in the dark. And nothing. I, I can't see shit. They spent, nothing happened. They spent like $60 million to film nothing. And then all of a sudden, surprise ninja knife to end the fucking zombies, all of them at the same time. It's like, okay, cool. Great. Yeah, long six hours. <laughs> they couldn't see anything coming. It was so dark. So stupid. And you, you oh, never man. even get to see John fight the Night King. So fucking dumb. I, I get so angry about Game of Thrones because it just had so much potential and it could have had a ninth and tenth season and they refused to give it up to do Star Wars movies. And then they got kicked yeah. off. Then they got kicked off their Star Wars movies. Congratulations. I know. They, 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 and then like the actively trolling 
Game of Thrones fans in like Westworld. Did you guys see that a couple no, weeks ago? No, I didn't. I don't watch Westworld anymore, but like, um, there's like it's Benioff and Weiss are like in one of the labs or whatever, and they're like talking about something, and then there's like a picture. There's like a, a dragon. It's Drogon, basically, in the lab with them, and they're talking about how they're gonna like hack it to pieces and sell it off to like someone in like Brazil or some shit. Oh my god. This is ridiculous. Fuck those guys. People people were people were furious. Good. Fuck them. They're terrible. I, I they ruined like a great franchise with had many people that wanted to save it and they refused. Which Yeah, yeah, they could have just kept go- I mean, they could have just made the make the last two seasons 10 episodes and I just wonder what happens. Like I, but, everything's probably solved. Before this, uh, I saw Greg tweet the hashtag hire fizz. So uh so I'm assuming you're a free agent currently. I have you listen to a voicemail before this podcast from my boss which i'm you know was says how i feel about my job so uh we imagine we were benny hoff and weiss you could leave your show still have executive producer credential and do nothing and still get paid wow 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 we'd kill for jobs so i know it's yeah the whole thing so this is this is real. We're really touching on everything right now. No, I'm loving it. We're which hit which is you know Rangers. Come on, there's what are we gonna talk about? Oh, they're gonna buy out Hank. Speaking, okay, I'm sad. Speaking speaking of Rangers, Fitz, as a noted Ranger fan, Whoa. give me your thoughts on the NFL draft. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, uh, well, I mean, I first of all, I kind of enjoyed the virtual draft experience. I thought it was pretty cool. I think they did a pretty good job, ESPN. Um. It's also just weird. Roger Goodell's like in his home is is so funny to me. I don't, I don't know if I've ever I don't think I've ever disclosed this to you guys either. But Uh-oh. um, one of my really like one of my close friends, like a, basically a brother, uh, his dad was roommates with Goodell in college. Whoa. Um, so like they they have like relationships. So it's it's funny, always funny to hear him talk about you know Goodell compared to like how he's viewed by the public. But the the some of the stuff was hysterical, like. <laughs> the doing like the jets chant through the virtual and it's all like all over the place like everyone's like a second ahead of each other two seconds <laughs> behind each other i th- thought it was so funny but uh i don't know jets took a man who could push a truck when it's got brake lights on so that was pretty cool yeah but hold on i gotta pull this up because this tweet actually it's not even a tweet it's a text message i'm just so fucked up in the head that i call things tweets that aren't <laughs> tweets now uh my dad was watching the draft he's a cowboy fan but he also roots for the Jets, because I guess he needs some pain and suffering in his life. His exact words when they took Mekhi Becton. Did you see the size of this guy the Jets drafted? Can he really move that well? I don't believe it. I wouldn't be surprised if he drops dead before the season. <laughs> oh, my. Well, they must have been talking about his dad, right? I. I you mean Mark Henry? World's strongest <laughs> yes. man? Yes, his dad was a, lo- a, a, a mammoth of a man, man. He was huge. Is dad Mark Henry? He looks I mean, like him, man. He, yeah. oh, he, dude, he's he's a unit. Okay, I, I thought, uh, thought that was a legitimate because I'm gold. But you're but you're you're optimistic about the Jets. You're happy that they were able to trade back in round two and still get Denzel Mims. I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's that's encouraging stuff to see. Like trading back. Like uh, uh, Mike McCagnan would never do any of that stuff. Like, and uh, you know, I, I I'm not admittedly not a huge college football fan at least as i've gotten older i've kind of like that's like the one sport i've stopped watching a lot of but you know they got a receiver they addressed that knee they got an offensive lineman they they drafted another one i'm pretty sure uh people really like the bryce hall pick the cornerback from virginia apparently he was like a very highly like second third round talent that just fell because of injury concerns 
So, uh, and then he also traded a sixth round pick for another corner, I think Quincy Wilson from the Colts. So, you know, he's only like 24 years old and, and was just looking for a fresh start. So, you know, so far the Joe Douglas era, like he's barely been, he hasn't even been on the job a year yet. This is his first draft. So everything he's done so far, I've liked for the most part. I mean, he seems to be a very smart guy. And, you know, I have a few friends who are Eagles fans who, who like raved about the stuff he did with them. So I'm very optimistic about the, the Joe Douglas era so far. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's the combination of everyone and their mother said the Jets had an amazing draft. And then the team Douglas left behind uses a second round pick on a player they hope never plays. Yeah, which is exa- it's the exactly. most dumbfounding thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, the Eagles stuff is wild. I, I was shocked when they took Hurts. I, I didn't believe it at first. I thought I was being punked. And I was just like, wow, that's wait, they use a second round out. pick on Hurts. Yeah, yeah. The, the team that has Carson Wentz took the fifth quarterback off the board in the second round. Man, I, I like get I get taking a quarterback because Carson can't, you know, I lo- I like Carson Wentz. I'm a, I'm a big Carson Wentz fan, but at this point, like last year was fluky, obviously, with the way he got hurt in the playoff game, but the guy misses time almost every year. So, I mean, you got to. Right, I, I get wanting to have an experienced backup quarterback, but right. then go get an experienced backup quarterback. Exactly, yeah. Or, or if you're going to take a rookie, like wait wait and take one or like, see what, see what, like someone's going to be available. And I mean, Jameis took a backup job with saints, you know, I mean, the the Jaguars gave away Nick Foles. You could have just brought Nick Foles back. Yeah, they literally could. They could have just, just, uh, just given up a crappy pick for him. I I don't know. It's, it's very odd what the Eagles did them and even them and the Packers. Yeah. I was about to bring up the Packers. Look, I get wanting to, if sure, if you love Jordan love and you want to bring him in to groom him under Rogers and give him two, three years, Go for it. I don't understand taking the running back in round two when you have Aaron Jones on a below market value rookie contract. Yeah, it's it's baffling. Like, uh, I, I the, the love pick is just the crazy. The crazy stat was that like they hadn't taken a skill position player in the first round in 15 years, <laughs> and then they go ahead and they finally do. It's quarterback. Like that's yeah. just it's nuts. And and I, I'm I'm like. I hate when teams get too too cute with stuff like in any sport. Like you have a window to win, like go for it. Like you know you'll you'll have to pay the bill at some point, but like you know banners hang forever, man. And you, you they don't you always have the chance. You know you think you're gonna find the next Aaron Rodgers. Like good luck. Like you're, not every team gets the transition from Favre to to Rodgers twice. Okay, or but Rodgers to love. The point you're bringing up right now is is exactly what we're talking about with MJ. Like they had the chance to keep that going. They chose not to. The Rangers yeah. had the chance to keep that going when after 94 and ke- keeping some sort of core together, Leach eventually got traded. Mexico got traded. That's just what it is. And t- these teams, you you lose out on your great all-time players, and it, the magic just doesn't come back. It's hard to win. Like you said, the ba- the banners, are like, they're raised forever. Those six Bull titles, we're going to hear about that. I'm going to hear about that Bulls team till I fucking die. Like, I'll be talking about the 94 Ranger team till I die. It's just ridiculous. Uh, especially if they don't win again, which, you know, who knows? They probably will win one. I'm hoping that they'll win one before I get out of here. So Who knows, man? Yeah, really, it's hard. You know, it's it's a crapshoot. Certain teams win there, over and over again. It's going to be so weird. Like, first of all, who knows even when these sports are going to start up again? And, like, the financial ramifications of all this is going to be fascinating to see, especially in the NHL. The NHL in the most because they're the people that are going to take, take the – the, like the most money out of their pockets. I mean, they need these live games, these live tickets. 
they don't make nearly as much revenue as the the NFL and the NBA and the, even the MLB do right like locally. So to to have a I I don't I I know they said the salary cap's not going to go down. I sort of don't believe that. I wonder how far it's going to take or how long it's going to take them to rebound just from missing out. I, like the NFL right now is in a perfect position. They've lost nothing. There's they've lost no money so far. And I still I was talking telling Greg this last week. I feel like the NFL is the one team that will somehow hire a team of lawyers and just end up playing the season no matter what happens. No matter the public oh, yeah. backlash. It doesn't matter. Oh, the, the the NFL is playing no matter what. There, there's there's no way they're missing out on game revenue. No every, shot. Every Sunday, the red zone is going to be on, baby, for ten hours. Yeah, it's just Hanson will be will be serenading us every Sunday. No doubt about There'll it. There'll be politics I mean, and protests, and the NFL will be like, "No, team of lawyers, we don't care." They all signed off. Honest, honestly, the one I'm most looking forward to in terms of I think it's going to be a huge clusterfuck is college football because yeah. we're gonna get we're gonna get into a situation where. Colleges aren't going to let students back on campus, but they're still going to want to play football. And that's just going to be hilarious to watch from a distance. Fitz, if you had to choose uh, two things Ryan and I talked about on the pod, actually hockey related today. If you could institute one of the following two things, but not both, would you rather the NHL adapt an amnesty buyout or an exceptional player status where that player's salary cap no longer counts against the team's cap space? Uh, it's a tough one. Uh, I would probably just go amnesty buyout because it's just it's much simpler. Yeah, I think it's it's much simpler. There's a precedent for it, and uh, I, I feel like you could do something where like you only give teams one every like I don't know seven eight years, so, like work in a rule so they're not just there all the time, so you could easily clear money off your off your cap. But yeah, I would go with that. The the I've always been interested in like a. a kind of like an NBA type salary system for the NHL, like where it makes it easier to keep your homegrown talent, like going, being able to go over the cap, like with bird rights, for example, in the NBA to, to sign your own guys. But uh, between those two, I would definitely say that the amnesty buyout. Is there anyone on the Rangers you can see it being used on not named Henrik Lundqvist? I would think Stahl, or Stahl and Smith would be the two obvious ones, right? They're the only, the only two other ones with, one year remaining on like pretty bad deals but the problem is that it just it's eight and a half million dollars will always be more than 5.7 and four and a half oh i mean yeah the the obvious choice i mean it would be would be hank i mean that's just that's just that's just math honestly i'm not a big math guy but it's it's just you know i i would be devastated if that's how it ended but you know the the game is the game you know what i mean I can't believe that Hank's last possible start as a Ranger is going to be against the Flyers, where he just shits the shits the bed. As after Georgie, I've got destroyed the night before. It feels really bad. Like he was yeah. going to have that opportunity to play his last game at MSG versus Chicago, and probably go out like a bad boy and uh, with a standing ovation and just, you know, listen. The COVID nineteen's taken a lot worse away from me, or a lot worse away from a lot of people, especially in New York City, the economy and everything else. So Henrik Lundqvist is really low on that list, but it's still a fucking banger. Yeah, it's it's it sucks. It sucks, man. And and all the stuff with it is it's just sad. And you know, it's tough to see things end like this. And and we're talking about it like it's a foregone conclusion, which like it's not, it, but it probably is. It's not, but like it, it, the writing is I feel like on the wall at this point. You know what I mean? I will I will say this. There's a scenario where Hank stays a ranger, but that scenario only exists if an amnesty buyout isn't a thing. I can't see the Rangers 
with with the cap there it's not enough cap space to make it worth their while to do it the traditional way and i will die on the hill of if the rangers get an amnesty buyout they should use it on hank and they should still trade georgiev for value they should yeah, do absolutely. both those things it's igor's absolutely. team absolutely yeah and they they have like if there's there's one position out of out of the entire you know roster you fill out for hockey players if there's one position you trust the new york rangers to find literally anywhere it's goalie they they've shown time after time they're capable of finding you know franchise level goalie and hank capable backups like talbot and ranta and and you know georgiev like they they've there's nothing there's nothing i feel more confident in than them being able to go and find a goalie like isn't the guy the kid huska been like a stud in college too this year like uh, Tyler, Tyler Wall. Wall. Yeah. Wall, Wall, you're right, right, Wall. And then, and then uh, the kid they drafted in the second round a couple of years ago, Lindbaum, like, he's been very good, I feel like, uh, overseas every time I see like stats posted about him. They're, yeah, all, it, they're all good. They're and if Igor didn't exist, Hank wouldn't get by that, bought out next year. Exactly. That's just the way it is. Exactly, and he's, but he's the future. And <laughs> all the, the kid was bred in, in a gulag in Russia to – just win hockey games and stop pucks. That's all he knows how to do. It's unbelievable. And last week we, we talked about, uh, with our good friend Jillian Kermaker. Kermaker? Kermaker? I always fuck Kemmerer. that. Kemmerer, thank you. Um, and uh, Sora Kid's coming over for the Isles. So it's going to be 10 years of uh, real Russian battles. That's the real gulag. Is uh, Knights at the Barn on a, t- on a Tuesday night versus the Islanders. So it'll be I'm here quite a good... I'm man. Bro, I can't wait for gulag games. Well, we're, we're, I, I just, by the way, make that, sh- make that shirt right now. Yeah, I hope we just finally get a time in our lives where the Rangers and Islanders are both competitive and and in the playoffs at the same time. Because I would just love to see a playoff series between the two. It We've been be so, so close fun. to having that playoff series, like I think multiple times in the past five years. It just never really went through. Yeah, like imagine, imagine, imagine the Subway Series happened in a year after two thousand, like a real Subway Series. Like if twenty fifteen was Mets Yankees. There would have been war on the streets. And it would have been glorious. Oh, I would have been right there with people. Twitter would have been a nightmare. <laughs> no, fuck, fuck Twitter. I'm talking about New York City bars. There would have been glass thrown everywhere. It would have yeah. been amazing. I wonder if Yankees Mets would be would be uh, break a glass and stab somebody material. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know how insecure us Mets fans are now? Yeah. And you know how yeah. cocky as fuck Yankee fans are now? Buddy, listen. It'll go off. Are, Super are Yankee fans cocky? I feel like they've kind of lost that oh, yeah. cockiness. No, no, no. Okay. No, 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 no. They're, when, still, they're still very cocky. Maybe maybe not when it comes to the Red Sox and the Astros, but they will always be the big brother to the Mets' younger brother. Except now the yeah. Mets' younger brother is legally able to drink, and we're going to fuck some shit up. <laughs> God. Man, I miss Baseball, sports. Man. Jeez. I was going to say, God, this is, this is so brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this so much. Pasan said today uh, that we will see baseball in 2020. Just we don't know when, where, or how. So that really answered a lot of questions for me. Yeah, I'm just so sick and tired. If I read one more article with this another fucking timeline and it doesn't immediately address when mass testing is going to be a thing, I'm going to lose my goddamn Bro, we don't even mind. have I don't an hear. ETA for mass testing. My mom, no. my mom who works in Long Island at a hospital, uh, she was like, I might or may or may not be getting antibody tested this week, next week, or the week after, or never. I was like, so let me get yeah, this straight. Yeah, my mom's the same way. Yeah, so you work at a hospital. Um, same way she works at a hospital, yep. Yeah, and they said they might test you. And Cuomo came out and was like, there's 25% probably infected in New York City. Hey, uh, so uh, we're going to test people. We don't know when. And we don't know when the supplies are coming. We have no timeline. So 
Yeah, just sit tight. That's a. <laughs> what are we sports, doing? Sports, sports aren't happening. We can't. As a, you know why sports are happening in South Korea? They literally tested everybody, and that's why sports are now happening in South Korea. Yeah, it's not going to happen here until we do that shit. I don't give it. Don't give me this. There are too many people in this country. Bullshit. We could do whatever we want to do. We literally wrote checks for people because they're staying at home. Don't tell me we can't all of a sudden start mass testing people. We don't do it because. I don't know. We're just fucking stupid. Really, no other word for it. I just like I'm I'm with Greg on the fact that like I'm just so sick of hearing like once or twice a week these like same old updates where like oh guess what there will be sports in 2020. I'm like all right great like cool. let me know when you have a date set and let me know when I can start watching them on TV because that's all I need all, all that's all I want to hear at this point is is a date and what time they start on my television. I I'm just like I'm not in the mood for for sports journalists like clout chasing in. March, yeah, in, exactly. In May like, and April. Everyone trying to, just, yeah, everyone trying to like, like I know, like the post had something the other day about NHL. Like one player was told, like May fifteenth, be ready to report. I'm like, come on, like, it, it just when it's out, it's out. Like you don't have to be dropping tea leaves and all this shit every time, every day. Like, yeah, like when the uh, NHL know, or the NBA like come out, the NBA will be the first person to tell you, like. Uh, they'll have the date, like they'll give you the full schedule. You'll have like a PDF graphic, like it'll be on Instagram, it'll be everywhere. You won't be able to miss it. They'll do the full announcement when they have an idea, and they're going to be the—they're the league I trust the most to get it done. Um, so I'll just wait for them to announce, and then the other leagues will follow. That's sort of how. I, and the, the NFL doesn't care. They're going to have everyone sign contracts saying they legally know they could get COVID, but they're still playing football, and they're doing it. That's how it's going to work out. Yeah, completely agree. The The NFL is the one I feel the most conf- confident in. And then, like, in terms of leagues that have been suspended, um, the NBA is absolutely the one I trust the most to, like, get back up and running at some point. I'm with you. I just I – I'll stay on the hill where I don't think shit – the NFL may happen. I don't know if anything else will. I really – I've written this entire baseball season off as a lost cause. I don't see it starting. We're just too far behind I, for I, baseball. I, I was going to say, like, at this point, after, like, your spring training was shut down, it's already been a month with, like, it's been six weeks of the shutdown, pretty much, and then a month without, you know, with month lost of the season. So, it's like, if I were them, I would just shut it down, too. But, I mean, again, there's so many more, so many factors that go into all this stuff, and, and it's, like, just... It shit changes every day. You got to feel for Mike stuff. Trout because he would have had another 11 war this year. He's in his absolute prime, and he would have he would just try to catch Babe Ruth. It's hard when you know they, Babe Ruth is playing against nobody's to bring this full circle. He's playing <laughs> you, against you guys want to know how dark my I need sports, so I'm just gonna Google random shit and see what sticks. Sure. Uh, rabbit hole went today. Sure. Do you guys want to know who had the greatest defensive season of all time at shortstop? Ray Ordonez. Yeah, 1999. Wow, Ray Ordonez, man, he had a slick yeah. glove. Ryan, Ryan, let uh, this is going to affect Ryan more than it you might it will you fits. But Ryan, for a, for a second, Ray Ordonez was a three F four player in 1999. Do you want to guess his WRC plus? It's bad, right? It's bad. Oh, it's <laughs> it's awful. Eighty six. Way too high. Keep going. Oh my god. Um, fifty two. That's too low. Okay, sixty five. It's 62. Oh, man. He oh, my slashed, God. He slashed 258, 319, 317. He's and he was still a three-win player. He, yeah. His defensive rating was 41.1. No one's ever had it higher than that on the infield. Wow. I yeah, looked. We are. Ozzie, we are, we are Ozzie, Ozzie Smith never got above 30, 28. 
Angleton Simmons never got above 27. I, w- I went deep. I tried to find the greats, and no one came close to 41.1. This is what we come to. That picture of all those shortstops still from that year, all those rookie shortstops, is one of the funniest, funniest sports pictures there is. What is it, A-Rod, Jeter, Ordonez, and... Uh... Isn't Nomar on there too? Nomar's on there. Nomar, yeah. Nomar's yeah. the other one. All, yeah, right. They're all like shirtless for some reason. Uh, it's so weird. Yeah, I just, I can't wrap my head around someone being a three-win player while also being 38% worse than the average offensive player in Major League Baseball. That's hard to do. It really is. It's, it's impossible. He's the Dennis Rodman of shortstops. Rebounding. If he, was, if he was a league average hitter, like just across the board, league average, he would have been a 10-win player that season. That is... This was 99 you're talking about? Literally yeah, 99. Well, that that was what year they beat the D-backs, right? Lost to the Braves? Beat the D-backs and Kenny Rogers walked in the winning run in game six. Oh, God. But yeah, it was it was also the greatest infield ever infield with Olerud, yes. Ventura, and Alfonso. Yes, that's I think right. The entire infield on the season made, what, four errors? They were insane. That they were so good defensively. Back back when balls were actually hit at people in positions, not all the shifts all over the place. They didn't. That was the thing. The Met, that Met infield didn't need to shift. Like, oh my god, nineteen ninety nine. Just go back and watch. It's incredible. What a year. John Olerud was like a nine win player that year. The See? earliest sports memories I have are all Jets, or uh, excuse me, all Mets and like a little bit of Jets. Because like I, I was such a huge baseball fan growing up, man. It was the number one sport for all of us. It still when it gets popping in New York, it's still the it's still the number one sport here. Like no matter oh, what. Oh, absolutely. No matter what. When the Yankees are really going, or even when the Mets are really going, like it, it takes over everything. You can't nobody cares about the Knicks. I mean the the Jets and Giants, like, yeah, the Giants are big and they've won they've won some games, but the Yankees just dwarf the Giants when it comes to diehards, uh, when, it, when it really comes down to it. And obviously the Rangers are really low down there because hockey. So. Well, I think I, I think you're underselling the Knicks. Like, you're forgetting yeah, how magical the that Lynn They love to hate the Knicks. Yeah, oh, but the, the, the fan base is dying for just one thing to root for. Like, that's all they really want. If you give them one good Knicks team that's capable of making a run, I think the city would explode. If Zion was a Nick, he, would, mean, he would have been a billionaire already. Like a billion. Yeah, you just look at you just look at how excited people are and the way they talk about the the twelve thirteen Knicks team, the one that lost to the Pacers. Like that, that seems like revered around here, as like they should be. They were they were mad fun to watch, but like it's been seven years and and people are Knicks fans. I I, I feel so bad for Knicks fans, man. Like they're they're really like a smart fan base. Like there's a lot of smart Knicks fans. They understand basketball. They understand like the league, the history of the league, and and they just cannot get out of there like they, the team just gives them nothing absolutely nothing if john morant was of nick he would have his face would be inescapable you would know every inch uh, of john morant's face it would be unbelievable i love Ja. yeah i love Ja. that's the most angry i've gotten on twitter this year is when i was told he had a he has a negative impact on the court because of his raptor rating sure okay <laughs> yeah i was like all right stick i was like the fuck? how many grizzlies games have you watched this year Kid's fucking sick. raptor rating Kid's get sick. out of my face <laughs> all right Vince, we're gonna end this this bad boy dude thanks so much for coming on uh why don't you plug whatever you're doing and uh, you want to you want to do your resume too while we're here <laughs> no. uh uh as always thank you for having me guys sure, appreciate man. it uh follow me on twitter at at fish gsn with the underscore uh i'm kind of just 
chilling right now because uh, there's no sports. And I, I used to work in sports. Uh, shout out to SNY TV. Me and, me and Steve Gallup's Blue Shirts Breakaway uh, alumni. Hell yeah. That's my that's our guy. All right, man. Spenley, Spenley's been hanging around the corners. Spenley, I, keep, I always forget Spenley, and I, I feel bad about that because that's my guy. <laughs> All right, we're going to end the show for us too, Greg. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter at O'RyanBead, and you can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. We'll be back next week, and uh, or stay tuned for Wednesday. We're going to have some Ethan on to talk to Islanders and uh, Giants. So, yeah. Anyway, we're out. Peace out, guys. Bye. You see it every day. The first dollar you earn from your first customer. Now it hangs on your wall at headquarters. A reminder of where you started and the promise of what's still to come. In part because you rely on Sandy Spring Bank to help you make the right choices on real estate and equipment loans, treasury management, and commercial services. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.